Check one, two. Check one, two, one, two. Good. You ready? This is all. Hey, it's Cassidy Pope, Gabby Barrett. It's Darius Rucker. Country. Hey, y'all, this is Luke Bryan. We're Runaway June. Scotty McCreary. Hey, it's Russell Dickerson here. News. Big news from Morgan Wallen, new music from Lainey Wilson, and an interview with Matt Jordan. I'm Rebecca Porter, and here's everything you need to know in country music for the week of February 19th, 2024. This week's episode of the All Country News Podcast is brought to you by Good Sentiments. The candle line partnering with your favorite artists to create custom scents that benefit the charity of their choice. Get yours at shopgoodsentiments.com now. And now for the hottest news in country this week. Congratulations are in order for Luke Combs, who continues his country radio dominance with his 18th straight number one with Where the Wild Things Are. Now, I'm sure this is as no surprise to anyone. Luke Combs has been dominating since he made his way into the country world. I love this song and I love this album. And we here at ACN are sending him a huge congratulations. That's not the only Luke Combs news I have for you, though. Post Malone recently teased a new duet with Luke, ushering in his country era. And... It seems like everyone's wanting to join country, just like Lainey Wilson's new song that we're going to talk about in a little bit called Country's Cool Again. Beyonce's joined in, now Post Malone, and Lana Del Rey. So we've got a lot of exciting collabs coming up. But this one, as we already know from Post Malone's performance at the CMA Awards with Morgan and Hardy, was spectacular. So this is definitely going to be an amazing collaboration, and I, for one, cannot wait to hear it. Make sure you head to Post Malone's Instagram page now to check it all out. And while we're talking about Luke Combs and Morgan Wallen, Morgan recently announced he is opening his own Nashville bar, which is set to open this year. It's going to be a whopping six stories in downtown Nashville's iconic Lower Broadway district. The concept is called This Bar and Tennessee Kitchen, and it's going to be 30,000 square feet and feature three live music stages, six bars, and an open-air rooftop. While Little Ounce is known about the project, we can guess it'll be the hottest new hangout in Music City. Make sure you head to allcountrynews.com for the full rundown. Congratulations are in order for Gabby Barrett and her husband, Cade Foner. They recently welcomed baby number three, a sweet little girl whose name is Ivy Josephine Foner. And the image that they released on social media is just the absolute sweetest. Make sure you head over there and check it out. That's not the only baby news we have. Parker McCollum and his wife, Hallie Ray Light, revealed the gender of their first child on socials this week. And the video for it is so sweet, so make sure you head over there and check it out. But as if that wasn't already exciting enough, they also put up some to-be baby names. So make sure you head over there and check them out. They're all super sweet. I'm very excited to announce that Scotty McCreary's Opry induction has finally been set and fans can take part in this historic moment. 
April 20th. You can get your tickets now. And to add to the moment, one of McCreary's own heroes will be doing the honors, Mr. Garth Brooks. And he'll be inducted by another hero, Josh Turner, which I think is so special. For more details, make sure you head to allcountrynews.com now. I've got your heartwarming country moment for the week. And this time it's Tracy Lawrence who donated $345,000 to local organizations committed to helping the homeless and the hungry. Throughout the year, Tracy leads charitable efforts by hosting some of the best events in and around Nashville communities. And favorites include his Turkey Fry and Benefit concert. In 2023, the event brought together more than 250 volunteers to help fry over 1,200 turkeys, which were distributed throughout Middle Tennessee and providing 10K meals to those in need during the Thanksgiving holiday. It's such a special thing that he does. They've been able to donate over 2.8 million since the inception of Mission Possibles. I think it's so special. Make sure you head to our site now for the full rundown and see also how you can help. And I have to end the week with country queen herself, Miss Lainey Wilson, who recently shined at the People's Choice Awards, continuing her award show sweep. It's only February, and she has already had a huge year. Last night, February 18th, the CMA Entertainer of the Year winner shined at the 2024 People's Choice Awards. Fresh off her Grammy win, the Louisiana native represented country music in the best way. It was a huge night for her. She took home the Female Country Artist of the Year. That's two big awards in one month. With her longtime beau, Devlin Duck Hodges, by her side, Lainey accepted the award with grace. You are not going to want to miss out on that. And as if that wasn't already exciting enough, she also performed her new song, Country's Cool Again. And fans at home and in person also sang along to previous hits, Heart Like a Truck, Watermelon Moonshine, and her breakout hit, Things a Man Oughta Know. You can check out all of this up on allcountrynews.com now. Let's get to some new music this week. First up, have to kick things off with Lainey. I have mentioned her several times already, but, you know, she's everywhere right now. She's one of country's biggest stars, so this is as no surprise. And this week, she is paying homage to her roots in a really special new single called Country's Cool Again. There's no way this is not going to be another number one for her. And I'm telling you now, this is a must-listen for the week. I cannot wait to see what she does with this new album next. This is a really incredible sneak peek into what's coming for her. Drake Milligan released his highly anticipated EP, Jukebox Songs, and the whole EP is something you would expect to hear like at your local honky-tonk bar, and I mean that with the highest of praises. He has a really traditional country vocal, which is so special. If I had to pick a favorite, what I couldn't forget is probably my top. Next up would be I Got a Problem. Make sure you check out the whole EP though. It's spectacular. This next release I was super excited about. It's Josiah and the Bonnevilles. And in it, Josiah is sharing the real life story of being banned from United Airlines in a cheeky new song titled Lithuania. And the story is absolutely hilarious. They first teased it back in December 2023 and fans like myself have been begging for them to release 
it all and the story is absolutely incredible. I don't want to say too much more because I don't want to ruin the song for you, but Josiah and the Bonnevilles is in the folk side of country, which is a sweet spot for me. So if that is your vibe, you are going to absolutely love this one. Another must listen for the week. Matt Stell is back with a love song titled Born Lonely. And this one is definitely a radio hit to me. I talk about that a lot here on the episodes, but some songs you just hear and you're like, oh, I know I'm going to be hearing this one all over the radio. And this one definitely has the potential to be huge for him, I think. Make sure you check it out. Tracy Lawrence is giving us a sneak peek into his new EP, which comes out June 7th. The track is called Out Here In It. And he took to socials to say, that it's still him, still very country, but has a new wave sort of edge to it, which I definitely agree with. Make sure you check it out. Graham Barham is celebrating his Louisiana roots in Bayou Boy, and this one is so fun. There's just something about Louisiana influence and sound on songs, and this one is that through and through. Definitely one to add to your weekend playlist. Priscilla Block is back with her new track, Good On You. This one is very tongue-in-cheek sassy, and I am here for it. She's also got some really strong vocal moments on this track. Looking forward to see what she's got coming next for us in this new era. Reed Houghton put his spin on the iconic Long-Haired Country Boy by Charlie Daniels. This one will definitely get you fired up and is one to add to your weekend playlist. Tyler Hubbard has returned and is giving us a taste of his sophomore album, Strong, which is out April 12th. The new track is called Wish You Would, and in, you know, old Florida Georgia Line fashion, this one is super fun and definitely another one to add to your weekly playlist. It's really hard for me to believe that he's already coming out with his sophomore album. He's not wasting any time, and I am absolutely living for it. Rising country star Dasha showcases her storytelling chops in a new album, What Happens Now? And she is from San Luis Obispo, California, and you can really feel that in her work. She has a really incredible voice, and her music is definitely very country, but those vocals, you can kind of tell she's a California girl. And I mean that in the utmost respect kind of way. I love a Cali girl and this album is really special. I don't even want to pinpoint one song because I think it's that great. So make sure you check it out top to bottom. Thomas Goforth released his latest track, Get To Me, and this one is a breakup anthem. So for all those who are going through it or just love to scream sing breakup anthems, this one is for you. You can listen to all the new music out this month on our All Country News Spotify playlist. Next, we need to talk about our video of the week. Video of the week. This week's video is Sam Williams and Carter Faith with Till I Can Make It On My Own. I believe I talked about this song last week. I think it's so special, but the visuals for it make it that much better. It's very retro themed, and that's really all I want to say about it because I love it that much. You can go check the video out on allcountrynews.com or anywhere you follow us on social media. And now I'm so excited to throw it over to Bobby Dixon and Matt Jordan. So I know you are from St. Louis. 
And the inner barbecue fan in me must know where you have to go in St. Louis to get the best barbecue. All right. So if we're talking just quality of barbecue, uh, Sugar Fire is hard to beat. They're a little bit bigger. Okay. They've, they've grown a lot. There's a lot of locations now, but it's it's about the best barbecue you'll get in town. But my favorite place in town, because it's where I grew up, is Super Smokers out in Eureka, Missouri. Oh, okay. What's the best thing to get there? Like, what's your go-to? Ribs. You got to go with the ribs. <laughs> I love it. Is this can't, a dry rib? Is this a wet rib? They have both. I'm a wet rib guy, though. Okay. I love it. I love it. I know. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's from St. Louis. I have to ask about barbecue because yes. I love barbecue. But Yes, it's the best. I love it. So another one of my favorite questions to kind of get to know people is like, what was the first song you fell in love with when you were little? I think it says a lot about the artist now as they're a little bit more established. Yeah, uh, it was Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen. Really? And this wasn't like yeah. the Adam Sandler, like SNL version. No, right? This is like no, the I just, OG version. It was the OG version. I just grew up listening to all my dad's music and he was a big Bruce Springsteen guy. And um that's what I grew up on. And I remember dancing in the dark at like six years old being like, this is good. This is good. I love it. So clearly like that love of this kind of rock sound meets country sound is kind of where you have ventured. But <clears throat> like before we chat a little bit about that, when did like the wheels in your head start turning that maybe this is something that you wanted to do with your life? Yeah. I mean, I always loved music. I was a, a music fan long before I, you know, made music. Um, <laughs> But really, I, I did grow up listening to all my dad's stuff. So, and he he loved writing lyrics and he played guitar and all that kind of stuff. And so, I was always kind of around it. Um, I'm the youngest of three, and my brother and sister, when they went off to college, um, they were they were like my best friends. And so, when they went off to college, I was home alone. And so, I kind of started playing guitar and had a lot of free time on my hands and started playing and, and trying to write my own songs. And that's kind of when I I fell in love with the creative side of music and, and kind of started thinking about maybe doing something with it someday. I love it. Would you still release the first song you ever wrote or is that going to be in the vault forever? Oh, it'll be in the vault forever. <laughs> <laughs> the you, first like 50 songs I wrote. The first 50 the songs. Yeah, there was a lot, a lot of bad before I found any good. I love it. So I know you mentioned that your dad kind of fiddled around with writing songs. What was the reason that you, you know I mean? I've, uh, eventually put pen to paper I usually feel like there's a catalyst or a feeling or, or a life event yeah. that kind of causes somebody to start to do that yeah I mean just the way he raised me was kind of um to like listen for lyrics and, and kind of uh digest songs and consume songs in that way and so that's kind of how I always listen to music and then in high school I put a band together and we were playing cover gigs and stuff like that and I don't know I guess at some point I just thought wouldn't this be cool if we were doing our own music you know um and so we as a band kind of started writing um and it was so bad um but we did it and and i just kind of fell in love with the process of hey this is we have some ownership in this these are our songs and oh, yeah. uh i just kept doing it when when we all went off to college and, and i went our separate ways i i'm kind of the one that kept kept going with it you know i love it no talent shows were one i'm assuming then no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I know my high school had the battle of the bands. And I remember when I was in high school, I'm like, this is the greatest. And now th thinking back that you mentioned that I was like, wow, these guys really were not very good. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's funny at, at that age, you know, just, just doing it at all makes you feel like you're really special. And, and when I look back and occasionally I'll come across a video or something of us back then, I'm like, wow, we should have all stopped. <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
Oh my gosh. I know it like reminds me of, I'm sure you've seen, oh my God, what stepbrothers, them, their little band at the end oh, of the yeah. movie. I know like that's oh, what flashes yeah. through my mind through all of the bands that went through my high school. But you know, you've kind of branded yourself as this Heartland Rock meets mm -hmm. country guy. What does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it goes back to my influences. You know, it was John Mellencamp and Bruce Springsteen and Tom Petty and Jackson Brown and the Eagles and Bob Seger. That's all the stuff I grew up on when everyone else is kind of listening to pop punk and um, boy bands and stuff like that. I was listening to 70s and 80s rock. And um, I guess the way I see it is, you know, if John Mellencamp were to come out today, I think he'd be branded as a country artist. Yeah. Um, that heartland rock genre that, that we're kind of talking about, it doesn't feel like it exists much today anymore. I think the stuff that sounds like that kind of gets labeled as Americana or country today. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's just because that stuff has, has really influenced my sound and my, my writing style. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of why, why I approach it that way and kind of, I want to be a part of uh, bringing that sound back, you know? I love it. I mean, it's definitely a sound I grew up on and I think you're, you're right. It's kind of gotten lost in this mix. And like you said, when we were growing up, I'm assuming we're around the same age. That's all that there was. And that was kind yeah. of was in top 40 and what was popular. So I love that you're kind of taking that song stylings, but really bringing in this very country, country, like story heavy forward stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your latest single greatest story, I think does that so beautifully. Um, Thank you. when we got sent the song, I was like, Whoa, I hadn't heard anything like this in a long time. So kind of walk me through that process. I know you have a wonderful partner on that song. So kind of walk me through, I guess, kind of the conception of that song. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. Um, I wrote that song with my buddy, Jared Hartness, uh, who I write pretty much everything with at this point. And, um, it was, it's a, it's a pretty personal song to me because it is a story that I kind of lived in high school. Um, just, you know, there was a, a friend of mine who I never actually dated her, but, uh, she tripped me up for a long time after we went our separate ways off to college. And, uh, it was kind of that, that thing with, you know, we never had closure on our relationship of what it could have become. Cause we never kind of took that next step. And, uh, that's kind of what that song's about to me. It's like, we, we never really had a chance to, to make anything of it, you know? Uh, so that's where the idea came from. And, and a lot of the lines in there are line for line accurate as to our story, you know? Uh, but I, I kind of took the idea to Jarrett and, and had that hook of, you know, we're the greatest story never told. So we wrote the song. Um, and a couple days after we wrote it, I called him and I said, hey, man, I kind of wonder if this should be a duet, if we should get a, a female vocalist to sing the second verse of this song. And he loved the idea. And, and months prior to, to writing it, we had been in Nashville together uh, and we were out at a writer's round and there was a girl named Kaylee Bishop singing. And Jarrett said, hey, if we ever ride a duet, you should get Kaylee to do it because she's incredible. And, you know, we watched the riders round and she was singing everybody under the table because that's what she does. And so he knew her. I didn't know her. But when I called him and said this should be a duet, he said, you want me to put you in touch with Kaylee? So he texted her and said, hey, here's a song. We'd already tracked my vocal on all of the, the parts. So he sent it to her and said, would you be open to singing the second verse? And she got back and was like, yeah, I love it. Let's do it. So, uh month or so later we went in the studio and she tracked her parts and uh she just crushed it i mean she took the song to i felt like it was already a good song and she just yeah. took it to to another level you know it was really really cool to work with her on it i love it so i know that you also like kind of rewrote this song multiple times do you think that mm -hmm. was because it was so deeply personal that it was really important for you to get it right i think so um you know a big part of it we wrote it i think four times i think the version that is out is the fourth version of this song 
Uh, and all four had a different feel and a different storyline, but they all had the same kind of hook. Uh, and, and I think the reason I kept coming back to that hook was I didn't feel like the first three times we did my personal story justice with it, you know? Um, and so I had kind of rewritten this verse, what is now the first verse, and I sent it to Jarrett and I said, hey, I think we're writing greatest story again. Do you want to hop on this? And he's like, yeah. So he and I finished the chorus and the second verse together and stuff. Um, but I think it finally worked because we, I, I was able to make it my story and make it really real. And I feel like the first three times we were just kind of fighting to get to that hook, but it wasn't really the the personal story that I lived. And once we got that, it, it kind of landed the hook better, you know? I love it. Talk to me about the you know, sonic choices that you made for this song. I mean, like I said, you can imagine the amount of music I listen to, and I'm sure you mm -hmm. listen to just the same yeah. amount of music. The sonic choices and the creative choices of how you've kind of mixed everything together were so brilliant and almost were you know, another character in this story. So chat with me about those sonic choices. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that uh, comes down to my producer. Uh, I've worked with Sal very for nine or 10 years now, and he's produced all my stuff. And um I'm very fortunate that he and I got connected when I was first kind of starting to record music because I didn't know what I was looking for in a producer. I just knew I needed somebody. And Sal, you know, he's he's a little older than me, but he grew up on a lot of the same stuff I did. So he's very influenced from a production standpoint by the same kind of 70s, 80s stuff that I am. And so he and I, I think that he's been really huge in helping me kind of develop a sound, you know, instead of I don't want to just sound like everybody else in, in the country space, you know, yeah. um, and he's kind of helped me find a way to channel that 80s rock thing without it feeling like a song from the 80s, you know. Yeah. And so a lot of the sounds and, um, you know, guitar tones and guitar parts that are in there, Sal really helped kind of drive the ship on on making it feel like reminiscent of that, but still fresh and, and relevant today, you know. I love it. And so that song is going to be on your new album, Low Lights. Super mm -hmm. excited. Um, you had a hand in writing all of these songs. Why is it so important for you to kind of make sure that you have a hand in all these songs, at least lyrically? Um, I think just because the writing is is really my favorite part of the whole process, you know, and, and I think I just, to, for me to make a song personal at this point in my career, it, it needs to be something I can relate to. And that's not to say I would never cut an outside song, but um, I love the writing so much. And, and on this batch of songs, this album, uh, a lot of them were my ideas that I would take to Jarrett and say, hey, do you want to, you know, chase this with me? And, and he's great at coming on and helping me tell my stories. But, uh, you know, I'm still early in my career and, and I just feel like I have a lot to say still at this point that, that I haven't said yet. Um, and so I'm going to keep writing my stuff until I run out of things to say, I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? we hope you don't run out of things to I say. I hope I don't, too. That's my, my big hope. I know. <laughs> yeah. So 11 songs, and I have a feeling you have way more in the tank. So why these 11 songs? Was it difficult to kind of put these together, or did you feel like these really all felt pretty cohesive? They felt pretty cohesive, and I think that's why we landed on, on 11, and, and those 11 specifically was... You know, we anytime we write an album, we write a lot more songs that don't get cut than songs that do get cut, you know. Um, and I think that the, you know, I, when I released my first album in 2022, uh, kind of the overarching theme of it was like stories that I lived. And that's what we were writing around. It was a lot of starting with lyrics and then building music around them. Whereas these songs on Lowlights, 
a lot of the time we were kind of trying to channel this 80s rock thing. And so it's more of like a sonically thematic album. Um, and, and I think at the end of the writing process, after 25 or 30 or however many songs there were that we wrote, those were the 11 that kind of felt like they all made sense together from a story standpoint and, and sonically they they fit and really kind of made a cohesive record. I love it. So three of these songs you wrote solo. Mm -hmm. Can you chat with me about those? I think, what do we have? We have Don't Mean, Always a Girl, and Steal the Night Away. So why yeah. were these important for you just to write by yourself? Um, it wasn't really intentional. Uh, the way that, you know, a lot of times songwriting for me is like, it's a, a job. You know, it's like, hey, we got to co-write at 10 o'clock this morning. We're going to sit down and, and make something happen. Um, I'm not one of those writers who just feels like, a light bulb clicks and I go right. And I know there are a lot of people who do that, but for some reason, um, one, one week early this year, uh, those three songs, I just kind of got inspired and, and something clicked and those tracks and ideas and hooks just kind of came to me. And so I wrote all three of those songs within like nine days of each other, I think, yes. um, by myself. And, you know, when that happens, you kind of just try to capture as much of it as, as you can, you know, and, uh, so when I wrote them, I felt like I kind of put them up against the other songs on the album. And I thought hey, these these work, they fit the vibe and uh, they're songs that I'm proud of. And, and uh, it's always fun when I do a lot of co-writing. So it's always fun when I can prove to myself that I'm still able to write a song on my own. You know, <laughs> it's it's not always like, leaning on job, somebody else. Yeah, I, can, I can still do it. I still got it a little bit, you know. I love it. The song that pops out the most to me, at least as I'm looking through the track list here, is Outcast, Misfits, and Me. Can you tell me a little bit about that one and why that was important to have on the record as well? Yeah, that was uh, that song was Jared's idea. And it was a, a title that he had pitched to me several years ago when we first started writing. And I thought it was cool. And we kind of tried to chase it a little bit, but um, put it away for a while and forgot about it for a bit. And then I think I brought it back up to him uh, early last year and said, hey, are we ever going to finish that one? And we came back to it and... Um, I think the the reason that one's important to me and, and I felt like it needed to be a part of this album is uh, I feel like a little bit of an outsider sometimes in the, you know, industry because I'm fully independent and I don't live in Nashville full time. Uh, I spend a lot of time there, but I, I don't live there full time. And so I think that there's like this little bit of a chip on my shoulder um, that I feel of kind of feeling like this outcast outsider um, doing something in out of St. Louis, you know, um, not on music row all the time and stuff like that, you know? Um, and that's also just kind of the way Jarrett and I both live our lives. We've always kind of been on the outside trying to find our people. And, um, you know, I, I think that the, to me, that song was kind of like recognizing like, Hey, everybody's an outsider, but you got to find your people where you fit, you know? And, and, and that's kind of what that song was to, to both of us. So there's a personal thing running through that, but it's also kind of how I approach my music career, you know? I love it. So low lights. Uh, I feel like naming your album is like naming your firstborn. Um, mm -hmm. So was it difficult? Did that lowlights immediately call to you? Were there a couple other options for naming the album or from the get-go where you're like, nope, that has to be it? Uh, no, we didn't have an album name. for Lowlights was the very last song we wrote for mm -hmm. this album. And uh, it's the last song on the album and it's the title track. And uh i think when that one it was kind of interesting because the the theme the concept that kind of runs through a lot of these songs is kind of being the outsider and who are your people and who, where do you belong and things like that and when we wrote the song low lights 
it was kind of like we kind of had caught that theme and figured out that's what the album was going to say and so we were going to call the album outcast misfits and me um and when we kind of knew what the songs were going to be and we needed that last song i told jared i was like let's write a song where like where do these people gather where where do the outsiders hang like where where is it that they find each other um and so the low lights is kind of this metaphorical place um of like we're kind of on the outside of town we're kind of on the fringe of society and the industry and whatever it is so it was kind of a metaphorical thing and once we wrote that song it was pretty clear that that's what what the title of the album needed to be you know i love it what do you hope fans get out of this album ah uh, i hope that they uh you know thematically and, and lyrically i hope that they uh know that it's okay to kind of be an outsider and and, and feel that and and know that you know, there's no true outsider. Everybody's an outsider to somebody and an insider to somebody else, you know? Um, so I hope it helps them kind of recognize that it's okay to feel a little different and do things your own way. Uh, and, you know, the feeling I hope they leave from the album is like, it's a hopeful, fun album. It's not this dark outsider thing. It's it's kind of celebrating feeling that way, you know? And so I hope that they, they leave feeling like uh, they want to roll their windows down and, and turn the songs up loud and, um, come see a show. These songs are, you know, a big thing that we, we really strove for in writing these songs is songs that we could, that would translate well live, you know, um, and just fun songs to, to sing along to and dance to and stuff. And so I hope it reminds them of something from, from 40 years ago. And I hope it also feels fresh at the same time, you know? I love it. So putting out, you know, an album in Q1 of the year is already probably a huge goal that you're checking off, but what else uh, do you have goal-wise for yourself this year? Well, there'll be a lot more music coming out. Um, you know, we got we got some other songs recorded and ready to go. Um, no release plan announced for those yet, but there's there's new music coming shortly after the album, I'm sure. Uh, and then, you know, playing playing more shows. You know, we've gotten to do some really cool stuff over the last couple of years uh, around the Midwest, especially. Um, so hoping to maybe hop on some tours this year and um, keep growing this thing, uh, certainly in the region, but all across the country if we can, you know. I want to take another moment to share even more about Good Sentiments. This candle line is really special. Partnering with your favorite musicians and their favorite charities makes every Good Sentiments candle the perfect gift for any country music lover and any occasion. Some of my favorite candles are Slot Machine by Caleb Lee Hutchinson, Come On In by Track 45, and Yours Tonight by Walker County. There are so many more to choose from, and $5 from every candle sold goes to a worthy charity. Get yours today at shopgoodsentiments.com. Good sentiments. That's all the country news I have for you this week. Visit allcountrynews.com for more news and content from your favorite artists. I'm Rebecca Porter, signing off for All Country News. My name is Rebecca Porter. I run Women of Country Edits and Marin's Girls on Instagram. Both seek to celebrate women in the music industry and all things girl power. Thanks for listening. The All Country News Podcast is produced by Horseshoe Media. You can submit your artist, organization, or event to us at allcountrynews.com for a chance to be featured. If you loved this episode, please rate and review our podcast wherever you're listening. Shout out to our friends Track 45 who recorded our amazing theme music for this podcast. 
All Country News. For more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at All Country News. Visit us at allcountrynews.com to join our birthday club where you just might get a huge surprise from one of your favorite artists on your birthday. Subscribe to our weekly industry newsletter to get all the news you just heard in this podcast even earlier, delivered straight to your inbox. And check out a new episode every Tuesday right here. All Country News.